I actually don't know if that works for us. It does. The clapping. Oh, why not? I don't know. We've had some echoes. We've had some complaints. Listen, I just want to say to our dear listeners, to our dearest readers, we've heard your complaints. We're figuring out the echo. We're figuring it out. And I fortunately, we in, this, in this iteration, we are not in the same there place. So there's, there shan't be a freaking echo. I think the ones I just edited, I did a, a good job getting out the echo. I think. Oh, you're amazing. Echo Thank Charlie. You. Tango task force oh, fox trot fox trot what's going on with the rug holy shit all right, hang on. So loud. Oh, sorry. I'll cut that. It's okay. Just trying to get it's good. comfortable. It's good. I like to hear you. I like for you to be cute little turtleneck. I have a turtleneck, a blankie, and tea. I look cute. Like I, look, I have a tea. You. I look like I'm like on vacation. Quinn said I look cute. I look like cute. someone <laughs> accused her of not being okay. cute. Quinn, you. It's like I was about to. I just complimented Stop. you. I'm, I don't know why you're Carrie, coming at me, I bro. I look cute. Enough. I don't. I don't know why you're coming at me. Um, okay, so There's I've no been... no one else to come at. I've been... <laughs> no one else to come at. Do you remember when we got in our only fight? Do you remember when we got in our only fight on the on Halloween? If you think that has been our only fight, you are living in a different reality. <laughs> that was... The, really? Was that our... Is that the we only fight, fight we've ever... Be- <laughs> Carrie! <laughs> Quinn! I... <laughs> Have to tell you, tell me that I I went out of town this past weekend to oh my god to Eldred family so good we hiked every day we hot tubbed every day caviar we ate good food with the meal foil potatoes tell me everything we did caviar three ways so Spencer went and bought I'm sorry fuck off fuck right off no it's actually you're gonna be glad I told you this actually Spencer went always when it comes to food I'm always glad. A big jar of caviar. We all pitched in for it. And then we, Adam made these heavenly potatoes that were like the thousand layers. He like slices them. He like puts them under a brick overnight. I mean, it's like wild. And then he deep fries them. I mean, it was the best thing I've ever tasted. However, there's no sense in topping something like that with caviar because you're like, it's going to be delicious either way. And you're not going to like taste the caviar. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like it's it, what it is. It's a is hat it, on a hat. You're like, I don't want to take away from the potatoes. I don't want to take away from the caviar. I need something like a little bit more basic as the vessel. Yes, Both because I think that also what it's doing is it's being like, can we all just acknowledge how hard Adam worked on these potatoes by putting caviar on top of them? You know what I mean? It's sort of like gold leaf yeah. on a pretty dessert yeah. where you're like, this yeah. is fancy. If you didn't already know, now you know. And then the caviar on the oysters. We. Each had an oyster oh with a little God. bit of champ- a champagne float and caviar. Never again. Quinn. Never again. Never I mean, again. Take three no, things I... you love and just turn it into mishmash. It reminds me of a story my dad oh, tells about Hunter oh. S. Thompson ordering entree, appetizer, and dessert, having them come out at the same time, and then stirring them together, and then eating. Wait, That's what I felt who, like I was doing. Wait. wait. <laughs> 
I that makes so much sense to me, Quinn. That makes so much sense. It's like I want the caviar by itself. I want the champagne after a little sip. I want an oyster yes. by itself. Like all of those are such divine treats. Like why are we doing it at one shot? We can we can spread out the joy. A thousand percent. So the lesson I came away with was the best way that caviar is served is with a little bit of creme fraiche on a potato chip. Period. Yeah. Buy a that's potato right. chip, buy some creme fraiche, and enjoy your caviar and change up the uh, amounts of each item. And in between, just to make sure you're appreciating those caviar bites, just have some plain chips, just have some chips with just creme fraiche. That was a snack I could really get on board with. It Did is unfortunate that, that it is far been... out of my budget, but if, if I could live the way Martha Stewart lives, Oh, well, did you know that there are people that have been, it was online, they were putting a Dorito with creme fraiche and caviar and people were like, it's incredible. Oh, I don't know about Dorito. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's too much. I don't know. I don't know. You're making me nervous. Listen. It was, okay, that is actually so helpful. I think it's why people have a little bulimia. They're like, oh, of course. Well, Quinn, if it's food, Food I'm going to love it. I mean, I'm super predictable in that way. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. But also like the like thousand layer potato dish. Like, of course you want. Of course. Oh, you know what else Adam made? Oh, my God. First of all, Jamila was there making Jamila salads, which Jamila salads are always – Always have a frizzled thing. They always have the perfect dressing. Just gorgeous salads. Adam made us a clam carbonara. It's just (gasps) carbonara with also delicious clams. And I got to say, that was what I walked away from the weekend going, I could could die. I've had my last meal. So he had, so question, he would, instead of guanciale, did he do, or did he do guanciale? With the egg and then added clam on top, or was it was it both? The f- it was both. Wow, it was both guanciale. Wow, or pancetta. I think it's guanciale. You know what? A- I think he might have just used some really nice bacon. Um, I wasn't. <laughs> Can complaining. I tell you? I don't give a shit. I'll take it. We had a My really guy. nice I'll time. We went on hikes. One of the hikes I found had a vista and a lake and a waterfall <gasps> all in an hour and a half's time. And you were like, this, you've done too much. Like, enough showing off hike. You better save that. You better save that hike for later. Do you repeat hikes when you go back? Well, you'll die. This is so funny. I got trip, what is it called? I got trail, fuck. Yeah, I, uh, trail, uh, I, I'm on it. All trails. All trails, yes. I got all it's trails great. for the year because we hike a lot. Um, And every time I do, I'm like so happy to have it. I would definitely get lost and murdered if I didn't have it. You so. can also not pay for it. Yeah, but I like it. to download the hike and have it where I don't have service right. and have it tell me like it like beeps and is like, you're lost. Go back. And I it did do that on this hike. And I was like, thank you. Um, that is helpful. So that was helpful. And I got the app. Matt knows that I'm upstate matt knows that i'm on hikes and matt gets the like charge and he calls apple and it's like totally contests it (laughs) it's like no that wasn't us and then later he's like oh that was you i contested it well i was like matt i was like upstate hiking why would you not check it's so funny Um, He's like, there's no way Quinn would have purchased this. There's no way in hell she that knows Quinn those, would have those bought woods an like the back of her hand. 
It was those. It was the famous all trail scammers that we talk about all the time mm-hmm. in this podcast. Well, um, then, I went to. Oh, go ahead, please. No, 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 go, go, go. You're going still. Oh, Keep I going. was going to tell you a scam story as a result of you saying that, which was that on the hike, Jamila told me a really good story about how she called her health insurance and was like, and they were trying to charge her all this money but not give her insurance. It was like this whole debacle and she Ugh. was on and off. You know how it is, just like on hold. Yeah. She's on the line and she's talking to a robot. And which is always the hardest part. And she really, she's just trying to get a person. So she started yelling agent. So she started yelling things like, let me talk to a fucking person because, you know, it had been a long (laughs) time. And then the robot said, it sounds like you're using adult language. It sounds like you want to have an adult conversation. Press one. If you want to meet singles in your area. And she was like, what what the actual fuck just happened and it was a mystery for a very long time where she was like how did i call my health insurance and have them respond to me in that way oh my god it turned out that instead of 888 she had dialed 800 so it's the same number that they that an 800 company this makes me so angry so dangerous (laughs) this makes me so mad in so many ways because you know they did it intentionally oh you know there was no question my question though is okay let's let's go on this like journey where they bought like a health insurance number and changed the 888 to 800 or vice versa what was their thought? They were like, I know we're going to do a phone sex. Like when people are calling their health insurance. You know what they're I don't actually think in the mood for? That's not like a <laughs> fucking. Like, like, I actually don't understand that. It doesn't make sense. It Sounds doesn't like make you're sense. trying I'll to get you your that. body fit and ready to fuck. <laughs> like what? is happening that's crazy wait i was gonna save my story for next week but i think i have to do this one story this week so okay anyway but let's keep going wait by the way you're listening to truly darkly creepy that's quinlan posner that's karen and i'm carrie and we're so happy to be here together we're so from afar i'm in my childhood bedroom i love it i live laugh love it i'm in my guest bedroom speaking of food before we Sometimes sleeps here. Speaking of food, I just bought, I went, so my parents are out of town and I am risky business in it, home alone in it for a couple days. And can I just say, I love it. I love alone time. It's really fun. It's amazing. And of course, like I got here. So I came here for a wedding, which I'll talk about next week, but I came here for a wedding. Of course, like I've booked myself solid accidentally, which I do. I can't help it, but I do Mm -hmm, it. So mm I get I get home on Saturday from the wedding and I'm pulling to the the driveway and the neighbor like who's one of my mom's best friends I'm best friends with her daughter mm-hmm. comes out and is like Carrie you're home come over for a glass of wine well flash forward that night I'm like finishing off a bottle with her of course <laughs> then la- then like two nights ago I get a call from one of my other mom's friends and she's like oh you're in town come over for dinner and wine having another bottle I'm like I thought I would have like some alone time. I can't, I'm just hanging out with everyone, which is good. It's good. That's very what good. What life is made of. Gather. Life is made of hanging out. Gather. But last night I had I had some time alone, home alone, and I went to Trader Joe's, which is, as you know, my happy place. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a happier place in the world for me than Trader Joe's. Find anything and new? I, oh, yes. This is what I wanted to tell you. Mm. So you can get a Japanese sweet potato, and then I got like a creamy 
cream cheese, goat cheese spread, and kimchi. And that is what I had for dinner. And I had that for breakfast. So you like have a little Japanese sweet potato, a little schmear of goat cheese, cream cheese, and kimchi on it. And let me tell you, it's a perfect bite. Wow. It was so delicious. Great. I had that for breakfast. It was so good. Thanks for Hot warning take. me. You got to do it. You're very welcome. Um, should we thank some Patreonas? Yeah, of course. Um, we've got some really good names here, which reminds me. Do you ever play the new Boulder Dash? No. It's really fun, but you pick categories. So it's not just inventing words. It's like, this is an acronym. What do you think it stands for? This is a famous person's name. What do you think they're famous for? Or my favorite category, movies. So they'll just give you the name of a movie that's like, the price isn't always right. And then you have to write a synopsis of what you think the movie's on. And whenever Uh we go up to Eldred, we play. And whenever we go up to Eldred, I laugh so hard. I cry because Spencer, no matter what, even though he knows it gives him away, whenever he has to do a movie, he always does everyone's full name, like the cast of characters, which is not like a typical way to describe a film. But he'll be like, Bitsy McCall has just arrived in town. You know what? Do you think he's like a lifetime fan? Because that's always like Tanya Tanya Harding enters the ice rink. Well, you know what I mean? It's like a full name. If it's not a famous person, they don't do a full name. And he does these wackadoo names that are like Todd Lafleur. Can't wait. (laughs) Has had a big (laughs) argument. Oh, it's so funny. One of them was, wait, can I just read you my favorite one? Yes, of course. Imagine having to read this aloud and try to pretend to everyone else playing. That's the hardest thing. You have to pretend I'm going to read you six movie things and these could all be the movie. Like, I'm not going to give away that one of them is Spens. And yet what I have in my hand is... (laughs) Is this Tobin Dubrow? <laughs> yeah, I can't even. Tobin Dubrow finds himself reuniting with his third grade friend Skeeter, who is incarcerated for a fraud scheme involving Hellman's Mayo that put him away for 12 years. They have a lot to catch up on. <laughs> So is the whole point to to pick the correct one yes. or to pick? Yes. <laughs> you know what, though? There are different play ways to play a game. There's different ways to play a game, Quinn. One way is play to win. The other more fun way is to play like Spencer. Is to play like Spencer. You're right. Is to play like and Spencer. And I actually wouldn't have it any other way. He is my favorite person to play that game with. It sounds like you had just the most incredible weekend. We did. Oh, but we oh, watched I'm a, so glad. We watched a TV show I have to warn you about that's going to really upset you. It's a date. Is it about sharks? Have you heard about this British dating show? This naked dating show? No. It's terrible. Let me tell you how horrible it is. So picture there's like a woman and she's going to pick a guy to go on a date with. It starts with six guys behind plexiglass and it just raises the glass to right above their penis. Oh, my and God. And she has to pick one to eliminate based on their legs, feet, and penis, and like out loud talk about her process and elimination. And then they bring the screen up to below their necks, and she does the same. And then she sees their faces, has to take out another guy. Then she hears their voices, has to take out another guy. Then she goes and gets naked and comes out and is in the space with the two naked men that are left. 
and they have like a little brief convo and then she says who she's going to go on the date with and then they go on a date with their clothes on like a regular date (laughs) it is and it can be either way it can be whatever lesbians gay guys it's um there were non-binary people it was across the board but it was still oh my literally just a body judging contest. And oh my God. people, imagine a man out loud talking about like six vaginas and being like, this is why I like that one. Like it was horrendous. I was screaming. I was screaming. And everybody was like, I can't believe you haven't seen this. And then we were like speculating on like, this? can these, how do these people that go on TV and do this go back to the workforce? I don't understand that at all. Do you? I am. Um, Quinn, there's there's nothing I understand about what you just said. And there's like absolutely one of them was like in finance. Nothing. It wasn't like, it was like, what? How? <laughs> there's got to be some like kink stuff in there where they're like into hearing about that. That is, that is wild. That is also like, you know, the where my mind goes hmm. is like, what do you do for hair? <laughs> like what's 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 the deal? Like I, I I don't even know. Like, oh my god, that sounds fucking horrible. It was so upsetting. Like, I still feel a little damaged by it. Why did you share that with me? That's because so mean. Everyone you there can't live knew by the yourself. Show. I felt like I was the only person that hadn't heard of this show, and the only person that didn't have thoughts about. It. Like I was oh. just like, what are you guys talking about? Oh my god, I'm I'm I'm. I'm verklempt. I can't talk. Shell-shocked, right? I'm shell-shocked. So now, did you agree with who they chose? <laughs> no, never. Wait, and could you as the viewer see full dick? Yes. What? Full frontal. How, what full is frontal. going on? And like when they get eliminated, they have to like come out and they're like, you eliminated Carla. She is... Uh, owns a salon. She's a nanny. She's sorry. And like she'd be like, you're lost, mate. And then like she'd have to walk away totally naked. And he's clothed. I was like, this is crazy. You know, what is more score? What is more scoring? What is more scarring? This show or or the film you covered in the Patreon episode for October? I mean, definitely this show. Or November. Definitely this show. There should be lawsuits, and I bet there are. That is British TV. God love it, though. God love it. Like, they really go for it, mm-hmm. and I got to give them props for that. I really do. I really do. A wild drive. Okay, we got to thank some oh, Patreons. I forgot. Okay. Let's do Leslie C. Leslie C, Leslie C, are you my friend Leslie C? Because I have a Leslie C in my life who I adore. Leslie C, Leslie C, what happened to me? I never met you, Leslie C, that's unfair. Don't you see that I love you, Leslie C? You mean something to me, even though I'm not sure what that is yet. Quinn keeps rhyming the same words with the C. It's me and C and just the word C. I love the word. But don't you think it's cool that C could be so many things? I do. I think what you would call it a homonym. Right? Shout out to New York Times. Oh, categories. Anyway. Oh, God. Are you connections, but close. Sure. Whatever it's called. 
been playing hard. Wait, I actually have a game for you. I have a game site for to, for you to play, and I'll send it to you later. But I love me some connections. I love connections. Has everybody playing connections on New York Times? I like it better than Wordle. There, I said it. So do I. There, I said it. Here's the question. What do you have to say to Manuel? Manuel, Manuel, you are so swell. Manuel, just come on over and hang with us. Manuel, you are so strong. Manuel, you're not going to hell because you gave us some money and we love you, honey. Yeah. But like Manuel, which one did you like better? Did you like Minor Quinn's? I thought that was one song. It was just two verses. Was I not doing the same thing as you? No, they were two songs, but I think it like you took the bridge. I took the chorus. And that's which one did he prefer? Oh, that's all. Harsh. You're already trying to get him to choose sides. Of course I am, Quinn. Okay. Because as you said so eloquently, we fight all the time. We fight all the time. (laughs) We fight all the time. It's sorry hard. <laughs> it's mostly because Carrie does that accent. All right, who's first? <laughs> Wait, by the way, say the word letters R-N-O, R-N-R. R-N-R. No, say it the letters. R-N-R. It sounds like Australian R-N-R. R-N-R. Yeah, R-N-R. R-N-R. <laughs> That's a good trick. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> oh, I should pull up the, the things that I did. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, I'm doing the story of Pat- Patricia Wutan. This one didn't have a ton of information, but I just had to share it because, well, you'll see. We talked about scams in the beginning, and here we are. I got it from Mirror Metro, the Standard, and Daily Mail. You bet your ass this takes place in the UK, in folks. Which, by the way, it takes place in Britland. Which, by the way, we just announced today that Six Chick Flicks is going to be in London. Oh, the perfect time for you to apply for that weird naked dating show. It's the perfect time. You know what? Thank you. And we're doing a UK tour. Do you think I like, between doing Six Chick Flicks, I can just be doing some like naked and afraid dating? What's the show called, by the way? I don't know. Naked dating. I'm going to yawn now. Oh, God, sorry. <clears throat> it's okay. I'm having Don't a apologize. Tea. It's too late to apologize. Too late um, to order fries. <laughs> but how about a potato chip with caviar? Okay, it's February 2014, and the police get word that there's this broad. We're going to call her Patricia Wutan, and we're going to call her that because that's her name. So they get a tip from so they get a tip from an anonymous so person. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, it's something. Does she go by Patty? Does she Pat? No, she's Patricia. What's her last name? Wu Tan. That sounds we'll like Wu Tang Clan, but it's W U T A A N. We're Wu-tan. not here to make up a silly song about Patricia. We're here to do her story justice. And no, here we go. We're gonna leave. We're gonna leave the making up to Patricia because here's the deal. Patricia is 55 years old. She's from Penge in Bromley, which I don't know of a more UK name than Penge in Bromley. But here we are. Apparently, some articles say that she was a caretaker, but I'm gonna say her real job, the real thing that she was into, was writing. She loved to write. So the police get word that this woman is involved in this scam. And so they see her on the street. It's pretty unclear how they find them. I don't know if they tailed her or anything. But according to the articles, they see her on the street. They stop her. They search her. I don't know if England has 
stop and frisk like we do in some country, in some states and cities in our in our country. But it seems like they do because when they stop her, they're looking in her um, jacket, which, by the way, like that just seems like sort of a breach of constitutional rights, frankly. But I I have to get into the story somehow. And here's where we are. And they find about 16,000 pounds in cash in her coat, which I'm like, lady, Hmm. why are you walking around that with that? That seems just really dangerous. So they find 16,000 pounds in her coat. And she's like, oh, it's interesting. This 16,000 pounds is actually from a friend in Switzerland. And this friend is helping me refurbish the house that I rent from them. And they're like, Okay, so you live in this house that you're refurbishing with the 16,000 pounds in cash. And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, who is this? And she's like, I actually, it's funny you ask, I forgot their name. Yeah. And I don't know their address, which the address feels like a fair forgetfulness because honestly, like, I do know your address by heart, but you just don't know a lot of people's addresses. Nobody's. Okay. So I guess this is enough probable cause where they can go into her home and search for stuff. And once they enter her home, they find a damn treasure trove of things. They find a bunch of fake IDs. They find photocopies of fake passports and driver's license. And more importantly, they find a bunch of scripts. Like I said, she's a writer. So these scripts seem to be almost like a con man's handbook in a lot of ways. So it's basically like text on how to scam someone. Mm. essentially. And it's in her writing. And of course, she denies that it's her handwriting. Handwriting experts will later prove it is. And she will later prove, spoiler alert, that it is in fact hers. But I just want to like tell you some of the things that they found, some of the scripts that she's offering. I've not been in a relationship since demise of late husband. I am in London to meet family attorney of late husband to negotiate on how to clear the identified assets he left me. He left me a vague will with some conditions to meet before I could access the assets and cash he left me in the will. I must be able to prove to the family attorney that I have moved on with my life and show I am engaged with someone else. <laughs> so she's she's fishing. But so that's the first one where like she's telling someone like this is a script and it's all in handwriting. Mm -hmm. And so you see it and it's in quotes and it's almost like she's like providing the script for someone Mm -hmm. to write. And I'm going to be honest with you. I have a couple notes as a writer myself. Sure. I think it's an interesting thing to to try to solicit compassion or love or or empathy from some empathy from someone. Um. When you lost your husband, you say the demise of my late husband. I just feel like that might not be. I don't know. Would you ever be like, <laughs> no, no? Since my, the demise, since the demise of, of my, my grandmother. Like, yes. Yeah, like, would you say that? Nobody says ever? the word demise. It's like when Robert. No. It's when what's his name from the Jinx said, "You'll find the cadaver <laughs> inside the cadaver." What the fuck is wrong with you? It's like the, it's like they went and they were like, you know what? I feel like dead husband. I lost my husband. My husband passed. It feels like that's kind of been done before. Only psychopaths are throwing out. But <laughs> they like they opened a thesaurus and they were like, I lost my husband. when mm-hmm. talking Demise. about something that would typically be highly emotional. Also, I'm loving this script too in another way because it's going okay. So your husband died. You have to go to London to 
meet with the attorney to negotiate about the assets that were left to you. And one of the conditions is that you have to be able to prove that you moved on with your life and you're engaged to someone else. You have to get a boyfriend. You have to go on the naked dating show. I I actually love the idea of like in someone's death being like, I'll only give them the money when they find someone else. I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay. So the next one I'm going to say, I'm going to go trigger warning because it does deal with 9-11. So this person is now just reaching out to anybody who will listen and talking about 9-11. So this is what she says. She says, spent childhood in Long Beach, California, which I don't know if is a, um, is a quote. Uh, maybe it's just like an, an a, a, a note about sort of your back history, of your history. And they're supposed to say, no children. Am a widow. Lost my husband to 9-11 terror attack in New York. He made it out of the collapsed building, but he later died because of heavy smoke, he- because of heavy dust and smoke, and he was asthmatic. In the same, on the same written paper, so I don't know if this is amongst the same story, but let's just go along with it. It says... I am a celebrity fashionista, a degree in fashion and retail management. I design bridal gowns, prom dresses, and formal bridesmaid dresses, work from home. I do not model my clothing, which is smart because if they modeled the clothes, they would have photos of themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, And then they also say, my sewing machine is faulty, although I have now fixed it. But I use the money I am supposed to pay my house rent to fix it. And now I am broke and can't afford to pay my rent. Told him I am worried because if I don't pay, I'll have to leave. Oh, my God. Are these notes (laughs) she's taking when she's on the phone? She's there is no proof that she ever is the person who who was saying these, who was writing them down. All of these are like loose leaf paper in her handwriting. This feels like like I'm on the phone and I need to remember what I'm telling each person that I'm scamming. Totally. And I need to keep track because the story is always sort of the same. But what if I get on and I'm like, I just came from the firehouse. And he's like, (laughs) what were you doing there? She's like, I'm a firefight. Shit, I'm a, writer. I'm a fashionista. Showing them wedding I'm dresses. I'm a celebrity fashionista. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Shouldn't have picked so Again, many different careers. Thing. Who would say I am a celebrity fashionista? Okay. Also, how expensive is a sewing machine? I don't know. I guess there's hundreds of thousands of dollars if that's wow. your rent. Okay. So she also lists some like hot tips, some helpful advice for anyone who's scamming. So if you're interested, listen up. Stay calm and moody until you get his final word. Calm and moody is a really strange dichotomy. Sounds like me a little. Okay. It does. I was about to say it sounds like you a little bit. (laughs) To me, this is sort of helpful of like why I'm not, you know, why I have, I'm I'm, I'm unlucky in love. Mm -hmm. I think I'm not. And I also don't need help. So I think that, I think that does kind of. You're too hyper in level. I'm too hyper in level. And independent. I'm not asking people to pay my rent. And maybe I should do that. Maybe I should fix that. Okay. So stay calm and moody until you get his final word. Let him do most of the talking. Be sad and worried about taking care of bills for the rest of the month. So you're kind of a dick to him and then you're also worried and sad. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it all wrong. When he asks what he can do to help, ask him for two to three thousand pounds. 
I mean, I like that. You know, what can I do to help? How can I help you? I'd like two to 3,000 pounds. I should start practicing that. I'd like two to 3,000 pounds. Easy. They kept referring to this area in our house where they found all of these handwritten letters and and notes and IDs and everything as Aladdin's cave, Mm -hmm. which I was really confused. I don't think she called it that, but like in every article they referred in every article Quinn it was like (laughs) they went to Aladdin's cave and I was like what's going on um so basically the police are like she essentially has a handbook for fraudsters there are scripts of the exact stories designed to manipulate and uh manipulate the mark into feeling bad and wanting to help and like I said initially they find these and she's like wasn't me I just have 16,000 pounds in my jacket pocket and all of these stuff and I it's it's actually not me and there's no evidence that she used these that she wrote these but of course handwriting experts prove that she wrote them and in court she does eventually admit that she did write these but never used them so then they have enough information that they can investigate her finances and they established that she received three payments from a 70 year old man in Switzerland over two weeks in January of 2014. Mm. They find this guy and from his his perspective, here's what he gets. He starts talking to this woman on like a dating app or something or they meet in a chat room. And she reaches out to him and she tells her sobs. She tells this sob story about how she's trying to free up cash from her late father's estate because she tells him that she has a bunch of money in a vault in Paris, which was um, left to her by her dad, but it was only supposed to be used for charitable purposes. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what she's, I don't, that doesn't totally track to me, but I think like, again, emotions sometimes rule the day and logic takes a back seat. And I think this is it because he definitely fell for it. So he was like, oh, I'll pay you like 70,000 pounds. And then when I go to Paris, you can give me some of the money from the vault. I don't know if he's like a charitable organization or something. I don't know how that exchange was going to work. So he gives her 70,000 pounds, including almost 30,000 pounds directly into Patricia's account. Mm-hmm. And he had been the seven year old. He was retired from work. He was just like out to enjoy his life. And he was a lonely man and he joined this dating site and he was targeted by this person. And so after he gives all this money, he decides he's going to go to Paris where he thinks he's going to meet her and then get money from the Parisian vault. And so when he shows up, he's not met by a beautiful woman who he assumed he was talking to. He was met by a group of men. And at that time, he was like, oh, shit. You know what? I probably wasn't talking to a rich heiress this whole time. Instead of like contacting the police, instead of doing this, he like just went home and he was embarrassed. Yeah, I think a lot of people do that. That's why these people can keep operating. Exactly. And the thing is, is all these articles are like, if you have the victim to a scam. (laughs) Yes, that's what I was going to say. It's like whenever they do, you took the words out of my damn mouth. Whenever they talk about this or in all the articles they were like if you have been targeted please don't be embarrassed please come forward because we need to help the only way they were able to find him is because they looked through patricia's finances and were able to sort of like see who was sending her money Mm -hmm. and then they reached out to him at trial she maintained that she did not do the scam but she did allow the money to be sent to her bank account she never once revealed who she worked with So we don't know anyone else. And apparently there was something in one of the articles that said that at the end of the day, she was almost like a laundering where the money was sent to her and then she paid out who she worked with, but they were never able to find that person. And essentially she only netted like 
couple hundred pounds mm. from these scams, which I I am doubtful of considering she was found with 16,000 pounds in cash on her, but right. whatever. So in 2016, two years after she was cornered, no, was it two years or a year? Yep. Two years after she was cornered by the police, she was convicted on five counts. She was found guilty on three counts of money laundering and two counts of possessions of articles for use in fraud. So just having these handwritten samples was enough to convict her of two counts. She ends up getting two years in jail, and she is also sentenced to pay the money back. And that 70-year-old is good news getting that money back. But that's the story of Patricia Wutan, a scam artist who uses broken sewing machines, heiress father, vault, Paris accounts, and 9-11 to scam people into giving her money. What a shit. Totally, right? What an absolute piece of shit. So, yeah. You have impacted me in a situation where there was a story I was never going to tell that I have, like, buried in drive that I now want to tell you. (laughs) Quinn, if my story can be evocative for any of you out there, please write in, including you. Talk in. All right, give me two seconds to just make sure it makes any kind of sense, and I might do this story off the cuff. Wait, as in like you, this is not the story you were going to tell? Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. And haven't looked at these notes in a really long time. But like, just because you did this, I was like, now I want to follow it up with this. Let me just read over it really quick. Go read. You were telling this story and it was, I had like done a little bit of research, but there's not a ton out there. So I threw it away and was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. And that was... No, you gotta. Sometimes those interesting ones are tiny, but like, let's just go for it. Well, I was like, Carrie's telling a story about this broad that like was fibbing about 9-11. Yes. And it reminded me that I had been diving into some research around these kids that were born shortly after 9-11 and then... People think that they're reincarnated people that died in 9-11. And there's this little kid, Thomas, who was three. And his mom's name is Rachel Nolan. And she says that at three, he would be like, I don't just want to be a firefighter. I've always been and already am a firefighter. I really like that sentence in general because that does sound like a three-year-old I don't want to be this. I already am You know when people post on social media and are like, my kid just said the most amazing thing and they post a thing that you're like, they didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't there just always be peace in the world? But they're like two or something and you're like, "Mm, they didn't say that. You said that. Maybe that's Jesus. Maybe that's Jesus. Um, But he, she's like, what do you mean you're a firefighter or whatever? And he's like, well... I used to use my axe to check behind walls and to escape danger. Um, and I used to go to the I used to go to work in the morning, and then when I got home in the evening, I would take off my proximity suit. <laughs> She's like, "What?" But this also reminds me of like your kids sometimes like have a word or say a phrase where you're like, "Where did you get that?" But at three, you're not the only thing they're listening to. But I do think it would be striking if you would never. I don't know, a three-year-old being like, 
yeah, when you're done with the shift, you got to take off that proximity suit. We take off your proximity suit. I think that's fair. I think that's that makes sense to me. So one day. That's like the same thing as like me taking off my bra when I get home. Yes. It's my proximity suit. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Work it. Work. Um, Thomas sees a picture of the World Trade Center on a magazine. And he says, the bad men burnt these buildings and people had to jump and I couldn't help. There were people waiting for firefighters, waiting for me, but I couldn't get there to help them. And she's like, it's uncanny a little bit, right? It's like very strange. And then so she's like, tell me more. And he knows the model of the fire truck that was used by the firefighters in Manhattan, which is a Ford Johnson R8. He says he used to ride in the front cab of the fire truck, even though he wasn't the chief. And that would have made him a lieutenant or a captain. Um, And then he's like, oh, my friend Mike was also a firefighter with me, but he was on a different truck um, with men that were older than me at the time. And he doesn't know if Mike survived. Because he died. Wow. It's just like very, I mean, let me source this for you. Mysteriousfacts.com. A Medium article, journal, reincarnate.life, mysteriousuniverse.org, New York Post. <laughs> reincarnate.life is a, wow. I mean, why not? I'm just saying, like, it's like, you know, obviously the sources are a little weird. Let's talk about Cade. Cade was in a 2016 documentary called The Ghost Inside My Child, which is a great name for a documentary. Um, a little on the nose, in my opinion. But no, I, I wanna, also think it's I like, want to watch it. Call it what it it's is. Giving, no, but it worries me because I have covered celebrities who think that like they've had sex with ghosts. So I feel like I don't oh, I don't love that. <laughs> and the ghost inside my child. Let's find I don't and press that. charges. Um, yeah, I would press charges for sure. Also, like, grow up. <laughs> This what is, I'd say to the ghosts. Grow up. Grow up. This is another three-year-old that his mom, Molly, is like, he started having these crazy nightmares, and he, the nightmares were all about planes crashing into buildings and the Statue of Liberty and that his leg was broken, whatever. Then he does a bit. Basically, he <laughs> the draws. whatever to me that you said whatever. whatever. Well, I'm a little, you know, like having a three-year-old, I have to say, like, some of the stuff I'm just like, they yeah, they the say craziest shit. crazy shit. Yeah. Crazy shit. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts this morning um, called uh, Radio Rental, and they always do really fun, creepy stories. And there was one that it was like from a preschool teacher's perspective where she was talking about this little girl saying that she has this friend that like watches her sleep outside her window and like it was supposed to be really creepy but anytime it's somebody being like this kid said this i'm like they say crazy they stuff. say the craziest not, shit yeah yeah I it's don't not know. yeah i don't know if it, i think it's like a grain of salt should be taken <laughs> along with this well Kate was just like one of those kids that said a lot of cool things. Like he told his mom that he chose her, that he was older than she was and that he had like picked her and that they're not going to die. But he also drew like 9-11 and she was like, oh, he saw this. And then he was like, maybe she showed him the office or something. It sounds like she really wanted to go on this journey. Um, I didn't watch the movie, but he was able to be like, that is where I worked. That was my office. And I felt the building fall. And then he says to her, mom, I'm still buried there. Creepy. Very creepy. Um, there was a TikTok video from someone named Riss White. 
that wanted to talk about their four-year-old um, who also saw pictures of the, t- the towers and said, Mom, I used to work there. And she said, one day I was at work and the floor got really hot, so I stood on my desk because the floor was too hot. And we tried to get through the door, but we couldn't open it, so I jumped out the window and flew like a bird. Which, again, I think that because we all have such powerful images and thoughts surrounding 9-11. Yeah. It's hard to know, like, what's permeated those little brains um, just from, like, every year the anniversary. There's mm-hmm. so much imagery of that. And the the falling person photograph, I think, is, like, mm-hmm. instilled in all of our minds. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, I was, what, 12 or something when that when that happened during uh, 9-11. And I, 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 again, like, it's all so ingrained. So it's, it is a hard thing to go, like, what... <laughs> Because we, but also I I know I didn't absorb all the images just that one year. Mm-hmm. That's been you know, you don't even know what you absor- absorbed walking exactly. down the street or list overhearing pieces of conversations. Exactly. You don't know. It's like uh, Bridey Murphy, the woman that was like, I am this, like would get hypnotized and become this other person and have knowledge, yeah. but not even know where the knowledge came from. Totally. Um, I, that's a, that's, I mean, and when I was a kid, I talked about a past life. I mean, it was not, I, I don't think I went through something as traumatic as what these kids are asserting, but like, I mean, I don't know if I believe in a past life, but I know as a kid, I do recall feeling very certain mm-hmm. <laughs> of like, of, of having a family before mine. Right. I remember that feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what context is, but I remember feeling like, no, I had another family. Well, I think that another big piece of what could be going on is that these kids, they're all at an age like three, four, where you start to have fear Mm -hmm. in a different way. And you're like, oh, "Oh, I'm not always safe. And like a bad thing can maybe happen. And like, how do they process that understanding? Well, like Um, how old was, how old was, um, how old was uh, Griffin or Koa, sorry, when he started asking questions about death? He was like four or five, mm-hmm. right? Like four. They get really obsessed with death mom, usually. I was, it, I was I mean, telling my mom, I was like, Koa, because it was that one time that <clears throat> you had told Koa had come to you and was like, I'm, I'm afraid something's going to happen to you and I don't know who to call. Like if something happened to you and dad and you had come up with some names and, you know, and taught him how to use your phone mm-hmm. and to call if he needed anything. And, of course, like a couple weeks later, Aunt Carrie gets a phone call from Quinn. I pick it up and it's Koa being like, Carrie. Did he call and you? He called, Did you not know this? <laughs> no, I didn't know this. Yes. He was with all of his friends in the back room and they had your phone. <laughs> and he I get I did I not tell no. you this? <laughs> It was like a month after this, and I get an a call, asshole. and it's him and Francis, and it's he's like, like "Can we?" Right, because it was Francis. It yeah, was him and Francis, and they were like, "Can we?" This what happened? This happened? This happened? I was like, "Hey guys, like, where are your Bye. parents? Like, they're in the other room." Oh my god! And I was god. like, "I gotta go." Like, it was so cute, but I don't think I could be on the phone for like an hour with them. But he, Dennis the menace, what a cute. He called me. It was really cute. It was actually it made me feel really loved to have this little kid be like, "I'm gonna call Carrie." Yeah, I'm gonna I like call that. Carrie and hang out with her. <laughs> Well, what all this is just to say that it stirs up a lot in people and that another thing that has been known to happen, uh, not been known to happen, but has happened is a lot of people came forward to talk about seeing ghosts after the Mm -hmm. attacks. And 
some of the people that survived 9-11 will insist that they survived it because um, they would like go to make a wrong move and something would compel them to go in a different direction or even a human being would like guide them down a set of stairs and then they would like not be able to figure out who that person was later on and become sort of convinced that it was someone from beyond or something. Right. Um, uh, there was somebody that was trapped under a really big slab of concrete and insists that they were visited by like a monk that like calmed them and then they later survived. There is an NYPD officer, Sergeant Frank Mara, who talks really openly about the ghosts that he saw and mm-hmm. he talks about how he had to like be on site at 9/11 many many days after yeah. the attacks going through all the debris Rubble and everything and, yeah everything. yeah and he would see an african american woman who was dressed like a world war 2 red cross nurse Mm-hmm. And she'd be, like, walking around carrying sandwiches. But he was just, like, I think she's a first responder. I don't know why she's dressed like that. But to each their own, certainly. Totally. Um, and he would see her from, like, not so close to, like, have a conversation. Um, but he was, like, she was real. Like, there was no part of me that thought I was seeing a ghost. And then he'd look up and she'd just be gone. So then he was writing a book. And he was doing interviews for the book in 2013 and he's talking to a retired crime scene detective and the crime Mm -hmm. scene detective guy says did you ever hear stories about the old red cross worker trying to serve sandwiches and coffee out there and he like gets like bowled over by this statement and is like what because he had like forgotten all about yeah he wasn't even gonna i don't think it was like a shared thing as opposed to just his Mm -hmm. yeah and so i think just to make sense of it he does end up speaking to a psychic who says That was a soul collector, and they were guiding people to the afterlife. So they were, like, walking around finding who was dead and, like, taking them to the afterlife. But he's not the only cop that saw that. And a lot of cops say they saw that. A lot of cops say they saw big black, like, smoke monsters, essentially. I don't know, masses, shadow people. Um, We had a, like, from Ghost. I Maybe that's not a fun that's not funny to say at that, but like that's what I imagine is that. Oh, I don't. Yeah, is, but I uh, sure I would imagine that would be something well, like that. I, I we we talked because I did the case. I did the tsunami in Japan mm-hmm. and the ghosts that came from that after and the like shared psychosis. And there's, you know, the trauma of that event. There's there's, you know, I could imagine is evocative. The trauma you could of that. probably make more yeah. sense out of is there a ghost that is a a fucking soul keeper organizer running around mm-hmm. here. You could make more sense of that if you try than make sense of the number of people that died. Like, yeah. So I think totally. that your brain is short fusing. Um, totally. I mean, I don't know. It could listen. The fact that a lot of people shared that I think is super interesting. And mm-hmm. I don't know what I think, but I think the sadness I wonder if would do a- weird stuff to you. Well, I think the trauma, again, like the tsunami is a, the the way that they talk about like group psychosis, which is like the trauma of of an event like this that takes so many lives senselessly and shockingly mm-hmm. is certainly I mean it's it's I mean the the effects of that mm-hmm. are not and I think too it's like there were also, as we know from first responders who were coming and helping 
clean up the debris and go through the debris and try to find survivors. Like we know that the health effects on those people are great. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people that are dying without health care because we're not giving first responders health care when they came to go through the, the wreckage of 9-11. Um, I'm sure that people were breathing like very toxic chemicals at that time too but it oh, is wild that's that true share... that's a good point i didn't even think about but it is wild you're probably that, like, having like are... crazy fever dreams from just like all oh, the gases going into your head and how light totally like imagine like the carbon i don't I mean i don't know but what it gases is always are interesting there, like... when people have the same halluc- like a shared hallucination exactly which... like exactly exactly like we never that's know wild. if the power of suggestion came up or not but that part was really interesting to me that so many people saw this nurse do you think these kids i mean I wonder if, like, the kids ever contacted, like, because they talked about Mike the fireman or where, you know, I'm wondering if there was any, if there's any conversation of, like, did they meet any of the, like, I don't know, like, do you, how far do you investigate? It's like we've covered these cases of, like, kids that know how someone died, where they died. You know, right? Wasn't you covered a case well, with a kid was who crazy. was able to? That was somebody who was like, "Here's who killed me," and then like took you to where the evidence was, like the weapon. Yeah, like exactly. That is really wild. That is well, a story like, that's that true. tips if you that... in a land of believing in reincarnation. But, but if but... that's what if that happened, then I think this is totally this? plausible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I just am also like, and on another note, kids say the darndest things. Kids do say the darndest things. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story. That's that's yeah. a real mindfuck. Well, it was a little, you know, not too too much substance to it in many ways, but I was sort of like, and that's why I didn't wasn't no. ever going to do it. But then I was like, no, eh, you're sometimes we 9/11. need to have a short but sweet. Feels a little sometimes bit we got to have a short but sweet. Well, I think too, it's like you know, I I covered the case of a person who is just lying about the loss, and you're covering a case of people who experienced profound great loss. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, it's interesting. It's like. The the what you're covering are people that are not asking for anything, and yet this woman is lying. It kind of reminds me of George Santos, who do you know about George Santos? What about him? He's the congressman the from shoes? New York. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> no, he uh, he told he like he alluded to the fact that he lost his mom on 9/11, mm. and his mom fully survived it and he was like but she got cancer after and they're like but you said you lost your mom on 9-11 like he's like no (laughs) like he he's just a liar and it was that he was like as a new york congressman he was asserting like he was alluding to the fact that he lost his mom on 9-11 and he's like no but she had cancer what a wild card really wild card wild anyway um well, I love a short and sweet episode. We never do these. It's so long, Carrie. It's, it's so, so insane you're calling it short and sweet. I think it's so long. It's only been an hour. <laughs> That's so long. <laughs> okay, we're going to go. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Um, join Patreon, like, subscribe, review, gather, live, laugh, love. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.